0: Hello everyone, and welcome back, a hearty welcome back uh, to Two Spot Monkeys Live. You're joining us here for episode number 94. And after a brief summer vacation, Jim and I are happy to be back. I'm Tom, joined as always by Jim. Jim, it's great to be with you. How are you? Long time time no see, long time no chat. That's not true because we've been connected offline, but for this forum, it's great to reconnect.
1: Absolutely, good to be with you, Tom. Uh, yeah, welcome back. Uh, anything happened
0: in the last month? Just a few things. Oh,
1: just just oh. a few things. <laughs> and and to be totally transparent, um, a for anybody's watching on YouTube, I feel like my video is a little blurry and dark, and I apologize for that. My computer's being a little bit of a thing. Um, but hey, at least I'm here, I guess, and I'm hopefully visible. I see me on the recording. So hopefully I'm showing up on YouTube too.
0: There's just a morning fog. We are recording in the morning. Yeah. So I'm going to call it a morning fog on your
1: on your view this morning. And it's not a filter. It's just, it's my camera.
0: And see with me, because of the way I have my setup with like three monitors that kind of box me in and it's, you know, my my completely unprofessional podcasting, you know, setup. Um, I look like I'm glowing. So we we juxtapose one another quite well.
1: well and I have a a little bit more professional looking setup i got a green screen now i've got a uh mic and a ring light and all sorts of stuff it's in the room next door <clears throat> my stand was in here and i i know this camera and the green screen don't like each other right now so anyways that's a different problem for another day this isn't a computer tech podcast um squirrels imagine that
0: She's no the close. funny and the funny thing you said you said ring light and my mind went to like like the lights over a wrestling ring, which makes sense because this is a pro wrestling
1: based podcast. So, and, and I might need to get that kind of lighting in, in that room to make everything <laughs> work, It feels like, but, um, yeah. It, so, to be transparent to what I was trying to say, but what I started to say before I got off on my tangent about my, my computer, um, there were things obviously that happened over the last month that we would have loved to have been able to, uh, hop on and, and give some real-time reaction to but uh just life doesn't it doesn't allow sometimes so um so instead you're gonna get some reaction today and i don't know that our reactions have changed much we've certainly got some more information and, and things to be able to talk about i guess than we would have in the moments but uh so we're gonna we're gonna kind of freestyle this morning uh we've got a few banners that i'll just put up as we talk about things um but we might as well just kind of kick off with head to head if that's all right with you tom and and uh, Tom's like, no, I really don't want to talk about it. Thank you.
0: Um, I'm I'm good. It's still early. I'm not happy, but I'm. It's still early, so.
1: Um, uh, and I was going to open up my sheet. Do you have it open already, Tom? Or if not, I can click on mine mirror real
0: quick. Oh, I have. Yeah, I got everything right here. So, um, we're talking about we're do It's a big catch up because we had Death Before Dishonor, Ring of yep. Honor, and then we had SummerSlam. So uh, actually, then, we
1: haven't. Uh, we, we haven't have recorded we recorded our
0: money in the bank picks. We haven't even talked right. about three votes. See that wow, such a distance. In July with three events. Who knew? All right. So yeah, so going going back to Money in the Bank. Um, we kicked off uh this second half of our of our season, if you will, we'll call it a season of pick'ems. Sure. Um and summer or money in the bank uh had six matches. I went four and two, you went three and three. So I jumped out to a brief early small lead. We did death before dishonor picks. Those got posted on our Twitter. If you're not following us on Twitter, you should at Two Spot Monkeys. Uh, I think that's the handle. If I'm not mistaken, yes. please correct me. Um, you can tell I'm on that a lot. Just kidding. Um <laughs> thanks, thanks, <Jeremy>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, at, at Death Before Dishonor, um, Jim was on the money. So um he was honorable and he went four and three to my two and five
1: yikes. Um I, and I so back. I, and I'm not saying this to pick on you at all, Tom, but Usually we're pretty decent on our picks, or if we're or if we're off, we're just both, you know, a hot mess because the the booking is weird. Um yeah, that was a rough one for you. You really Yeah you when, when Tony Khan zagged on those for sure.
0: Well, and that's the thing. I I wanna feel like maybe super card of Honor was different. And again, that was you know, four months ago. So it's hard to remember almost five months ago. Um yeah, I, I don't I don't have my pulse on what. Bring of Honor's uh, trajectory or pathway is, and it's hard to kind of do that when it's not a weekly thing. It's you get sprinkles of it through AEW. Um, so you went four and three, I went five and two, so that brought it overall to so you were seven and six, I was six and seven, so just a you, one you match had difference. Five, just to clarify. What, what did I say? I said I said, said five and five two. Yeah, yeah. See, dyslexia. Um, you, you wish you were five and two. Yes. Sure. <laughs> yes. That's that's true. It would have made Summerslam feel a whole lot better. Um, Anyway, so you had a one-match lead heading into SummerSlam. We also did those picks um, uh, offline and posted them on Twitter. The fun thing was that Jim and I still honored our traditional you know, going back and forth, and whoever was kind of behind or had lost the last, lost being a relative term, lost the last event, picked first, and we went back and forth. We did those picks through Facebook Messenger, so that was fun. It lacked dialogue, but we still had a little bit of engagement in that. And I, I know if we had, had the chance to record, we would have had a richer conversation. Um, at SummerSlam, you went five and three, and I went four and four. Um, so you now come out of the month of July and uh, out of the first month and three sets of picks with a 12 and nine record to my eleven and uh, 10 and 11 record. I'm not going to be dyslexic again. So um, we now have a little bit of a kind of a quiet spell in the month of August. No, No shows to pick in yeah. this month proper. <clears throat> yeah, it is kind of weird. And so the next time that we'll come together will be pre-Labor Day weekend as we look to AEW's All Out. Um, uh, I will pick first on that event, and I will look to close the gap against
1: you. And actually, before All Out, we have Clash of the Castle on 9-3. On uh, okay, yeah. And just because we need a nine-hour rest- uh, wrestling podcast, there are reports out there that nxt's next premium live event will be earlier in the day on september 4th
0: i you know what i remember reading that that's right
1: so we may have three shows to pick on that on that podcast um oh boy (laughs) look out folks here we go um we may have to take PTO a day to record that podcast. Um
0: why, why and here's the thing, I feel like I've been locked in on WWE, like I'm caught up. I watched SummerSlam. I watched Draw and I'm aware of Clash of the Castle, but it hasn't clicked in my brain yet. So thanks for getting me getting me right on that.
1: Yeah, right. And it, and it is that same weekend. It'll be in the afternoon on Saturday. Um, because it's in England. So the the time like change. That. Um yeah, and then GCW, I mean, not that we do this in head-to-head, but GCW is doing a, a Second City Summit that weekend. Uh, they're doing a whole bunch of shows. That's going to be a busy wrestling weekend. That's kind of WrestleMania weekend. SummerSlam weekend was busy. There were some other shows around it, uh, but it seems like All Out weekend is becoming kind of the second WrestleMania weekend at this point, which is... Which is fun. And I'm kind of hoping Labor Day weekend I can spend some time watching a whole bunch of wrestling. But uh we'll see how life leads at that point. But yeah, so head to head, I've got that two-match lead. Um, like you said, we we have a little lull here in head to head, but boy, you'll <laughs> have a chance you'll have a chance to make a comeback Labor Day weekend with three shows.
0: And I and I think I would actually rather pick first at Clash at the Castle and then see where that kind of all the matches in the order and the number fallout depending getting this into all out i'm sure we'll just keep the rhythm of back and forth and yeah, i made a course for all out as well but um you know traditionally um even though my record won't tell you um i think we're even right now in wwe but um we are for this for this half season um i feel like i'm a, I'm a little bit better in picking wwe than AEW.
1: so which is interesting in that you're much more i think in tune although Maybe that's shifted now in the last couple of weeks, and, and we've talked, we'll have talked. we talk about that here coming up. But um, I feel like you and I are both more in tune and more interested overall in AEW and Ring of Honor. Um, although, like you said, Ring of Honor is a real a number. The matches that I got right that you got wrong, I wouldn't have been shocked if they went the other way. Um, in fact, one or two of them I remember as why well, I was watching the show going, I'm screwed. I'm screwed. I'm screwed. Oh, look, I won. Yay. Um, you know, so... Um, Yeah, Ring of Honor is really hard to pick right now. I'm hoping that they can get some sort of regular TV show going. Um, but that's a conversation maybe for a little bit here in a little bit. Uh let's let's start with WWE Tom, just because obviously the biggest news over the last month um is the regime change. Vince McMahon. there were the allegations that came out right about the time that we went on hiatus, I think. Um uh, reports, I shouldn't even say allegations, because most of them were were admitted to in the response that WWE and Vince McMahon put out. Um, so I, I don't know that we need to spend a whole lot of time on, you know, NDAs and paying women to stay quiet about affairs and, and things like that. Um, I think there are lots of other podcasts who have said everything that can be said about that. Um, needless to say, I don't think Anybody would be shocked to hear that Tom and I don't uh, condone that behavior and don't condone, you know, I mean, one of the reports was passed someone off to Don Laurinaitis like a toy. Um, yeah, there, so there's a human being, Vince McMahon, and, and some reports that frankly, there have been reports for years about things like this. I mean, unfortunately, so there's there's all of that. But I think more what we can focus on, and, and Tom, tell me if you're if I'm wrong on, you know, if you've got something to say on, on things I'm saying, we're not gonna spend a lot of time on, we haven't talked about this. So I'd rather focus on the regime change. Now, Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan, co-CEOs, I don't know that we have a whole lot to say about the business end of things, but especially the creative end. Triple H is now in charge of creative. For the first time in our lifetime <laughs> and the lifetime of probably most of the people listening to this podcast, frankly, uh, Vince McMahon is not the end-all be-all. In fact, according to the reports, Vince McMahon is not involved at all. And frankly, I think Raw may have proven that a little bit um, in, in some things. That, and, and even SummerSlam may have proven that a little bit. So I, uh, this is a really broad question, Tom, but thoughts? <laughs>
0: <clears throat> yeah, s- s- there's, there's a whole lot to unpack. So first and foremost, let's just kind of state the obvious. know as wrestling fans you and i you know i'm gonna call call us close to lifelong wrestling fans um -hmm. um, i'm sure at some point we pondered the idea that this would eventually happen And, and and because we're younger than vince mcmahon we likely believe that it would happen in our respective lifetimes did we see it happening in the year of 2022 Probably not. Uh, and Vince probably wasn't, you know, too thrilled to acquiesce, if you will, um, to this, to this change, but these allegations are incredibly serious and un- and very unfortunate. Uh, I don't have the right terminology to describe uh, kind of what I would think Vince McMahon is uh, as a, as a human in, 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 in the negative way. And I don't want to really focus on that, even though I'm not at all a, in favor or do I support any of the allegations or actions or again you know, just it's it's a disgusting story that that has come out um and, and I'm sure there's a lot worse uh, you, uh what's the analogy of the you know the skeletons in the closet or you know the people who know where the bodies are buried um right. not to be too morbid but I'm sure there's a whole lot more that happened in the last. You know, we'll say eighty three to two thousand and twenty two. That's what forty years almost. And in, 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 in the forty years of of that, of him, of him, you know, being at the helm, you know, and, and 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 there's been you know scandal in the past as well. We don't need to unpack all of that today. Uh am I excited about the opportunity of of a refreshed and reset WWE? Absolutely, because unfortunately. i thought they were you know entertaining and enjoyable pre-pandemic there were bits and pieces of eh. and pandemic happens of course and everything resets but then coming out of that it's just really been like a product that in my opinion has been very undesirable overall it may still end up becoming or 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 staying
1: undesirable um right one week does not a you know, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Nice. So yeah, Summerslam was strong. I know we'll talk maybe a little bit more in depth on just a couple of highlights or lowlights out of that if if we want to. But then yes, Summerslam was, in my opinion, strong overall. And then Raw was was a very enjoyable show in my opinion as well. It seems like, and I think you mentioned it too, the energy uh, is a little bit different. And again, if someone else is at the helm, Triple H, um, that would make a lot of sense that the energy be different. Uh, I will say this, um, and I don't know, you know how. If it, if it came up at all in any of your like, you know, just non like, and we have, we have our wrestling circle and then you have your your work circle and your family circle and what have you. Um, I don't know if, if, if the, the, this news of Vince McMahon resigning and retiring came up in any other circle of your life, I'll share that. My story is that it did. Um, and I also want to name, and I don't know if you were able to see this or not, but it was one of the top stories on ESPN.com uh, in the, in the, in the, Day or days that followed, um, my son-in-law to be, um, who doesn't like wrestling and doesn't watch wrestling. Don't he ever has ever watched wrestling? When he brings it, it up, when he blessing,
1: even in that case.
0: say that one more time.
1: It, it's nice that you still gave your blessing, even in that case. That you're still you, joining the family. There
0: you go. Yes. Um, when when he's bringing up this as a conversation point to me, not because he knows I like pro wrestling, but because it was an interesting news story. Um, that, that, that right there is, is telling enough as it is. Um, and again, and I, I could have easily went ahead and said, yeah, well, you know why, you know, that's the big deal and so on and so forth. I didn't need to, I didn't need to have that conversation. Um, but, but yes, the relevancy of, of, of Vince McMahon in the, in the history of professional wrestling, um, uh, it is high. And, and, and I will say this, the one response I did have to my, to my son-in-law to be, is I said, you know, it's unfortunate that this is what it's come to. And I go, he, he did so much good for the, for, for professional wrestling in the transition to sports entertainment that to not celebrate that because of the cloud hanging over the retirement. Um, is just, it's, it, it's a, it's a struggle.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's too bad. I mean, I know Stephanie came out on Friday, the the Friday that Vince announced he was retiring, just dropping a tweet. Nobody got to scoop him or anything. Um, which, you know, good, I guess good for him. Yay. Um it's not very nice. Um, but uh, you know, Stephanie came out and led the thank you, Vince Chan, even though the crowd got ahead of her and, and didn't let her lead it originally. Um <clears throat> And, and and again, it's, and I don't want to make, I'm going to make a correlation that's a, a terrible correlation. So here we go. Um, let me just name it. Um, but it's it's the, it's like and unlike in many, many ways, like and unlike in many ways. Let me say that again. You know, the dichotomy of the Chris Benoit story or Jimmy Snuka or some other stories. Um, and those are more extreme because people lost their lives. And, and I, I don't want to downplay what Vince McMahon is accused of, But certainly murder is a thing, you know, I mean, that's, that's like the ultimate, right? Um, You know, for me, when we talk about Chris Benoit, and and this is probably the only time his name will be spoken on this, on this podcast a whole lot. Um, We normally haven't talked about him at all. Very, very little, if at all. Um, For me, I, I can't watch Chris Benoit matches. Like the situation that happened there just is beyond what I am comfortable even watching his matches. People who can watch his matches, I'm totally okay with that. Like I'm not gonna judge you if people enjoy watching and can make that distinction between Chris Benoit, the performer, and Chris Benoit, the human being uh who did these horrible things. Um and, and and so so what I'm saying that, and again, it's like and unlike in such different ways, but in that your point, Tom, is is well taken and and I think dead on that. From a pro wrestling standpoint, even if you didn't like the product he put out, especially these last number of years, maybe um, there's no doubt Vince did a lot for the exposure level of pro wrestling. Now, I know Triple H was just on impulsive with Logan Paul and made the comment that, pro, that Vince took pro wrestling from you know the bars and the seedy little you know 20 people in front of it and made it this worldwide thing. <laughs> That's wonderful WWE revisionist history. I mean, Mid-South Wrestling was selling out 15,000, 20,000-seat arenas with big cards in New Orleans, and and Jim Crockett was selling Starcade, and Japan was doing big business. And I mean, so, now, worldwide exposure, sure, I think you can make an argument there. But to to make it sound like no other, you know, wrestling company had ever drawn a dime before WWE, eh, okay, that's that's WWE rewriting history. Um, But... So to, to not be able to celebrate that is, is sad on one hand, and yet it's Vince's fault. Like, he, he made his bed to lie in it. Like, um, it, it's not like something else happened that, didn't, that created an, a chance to not say that. So it's, yeah, it's such a weird dichotomy. And I think you and I would both agree though, like this should have happened a while ago. Like, irregardless of the reason just the creative process and, you know, the the way that he couldn't get out of his own way of thinking. Um, and he couldn't couldn't surround himself with people who he would allow to challenge him um, from all the reports. You know, they have a developmental brand in NXT and obviously the shift to 2.0 has made that even more developmental. <clears throat> but look at the number, number, number of years where they'd bring people up from NXT and just really poorly use them. Um, and and what's the point then? So maybe the shift to 2.0 was good. I think seeing how it shifts now under Triple H is going to be very very interesting to watch play forward. Um aside, it's just yeah it's it's this, weird I, it's weird that it's actually happening and that Vince isn't dead. Let me just say that. Like I thought that's how the change would happen.
0: Would and, and yeah, you're not you're not wrong to to make that statement. Again, we're we skewing again, unfortunately, a slight, a slight bit morbid, but that's that's really not a a, a bad, you know, statement to make because it w- it seemed at one point because of like the control that that's what it would have taken. Uh, I was trying to think of you know an example of someone outside of pro wrestling that you could maybe be like give a a, a comparison to Vince McMahon, and the first name that comes to mind for me. Again, and it's not a one-to-one comparison, um, but I think there's a lot of similarities. Is Jerry Jones of the Dallas Cowboys? Mm-hmm. And you know, when you look at when you look at the story of the Dallas Cowboys, they're called America's team, and they have all of this rich history. And yeah, they were awesome in the '90s. They were awesome in the '70s. But then there's this trajectory of kind of ebb and flow. And I know Jerry Jones didn't own the team until the late '80s, so the pre the pre '90s stuff. Isn't him, but when you talk about and think about, okay, he had early success in the nineties, akin to like the WWE, WWF boom in the mid eighties, and then since that time, has has the WWE ever reached its peak? I will say yes because of Rock and Austin, um, but you look at Dallas; they haven't been back to a Super Bowl. So, food for
1: food for thought. Right, and in WWE, it's a it's a question of what metric do you want to look at. Financially, sure, they're in a spot they've never been before. I mean, they're getting what billion dollars over five years for Peacock and for their streaming rights. You know, they've got billions of dollars in licensing fees between their TV deals and their streaming deals, and all of that, and plus their merchandise and you know, I mean, action figures and and video games and all of that kind of stuff. So, from a financial standpoint, I mean. Sure, they continue to grow and continue to do amazing things from a creative standpoint, I think is a very, uh, you know, subjective thing, certainly. But for those of us who have been around forever, and I know sometimes we, you know, and back in my day, um, you know, um, I don't think it's been as creatively satisfying for the last long while. I, I don't, I mean maybe since the Attitude Era. I think there have been some some good times and some good spots and certainly some good stories along the way since then. But, but the overarching wrestling hasn't been as cool as it was in the Attitude Era for, for wider pop culture um, since then. And, and I don't know, maybe it won't ever because there's so many different things now than there were even then as far as to get excited about. And I feel like for something to be the thing to be excited about is such a fleeting thing in our world now, like everybody be super excited about a show or a movie or something. And then two weeks later, it's something else that the whole world's excited about or a song or whatever. Um, I don't know that, that can be a whole nother podcast on just, um, you know, the world today and get off my lawn and all that fun stuff. But, um, so creatively though, uh, SummerSlam, let's, I want to be cognizant of our time and give ourselves time to talk about some other things too. Uh, SummerSlam, I agree with you. I think SummerSlam was probably their best pay-per-view, premium live event, whatever the hell they want to call them. Um, In some time, I I don't, you know, I'd have to really sit and look at cards and all that kind of stuff. But in quite some time, I think it was their best show. I think that the talent just seemed a little more inspired, perhaps. Um, A little more up. And then when you have the creative thing, I, I had... I started SummerSlam after I ended up watching much of it on, on Saturday, uh, which I didn't think I was going to, but just life ended up working out that I was able to see much of it Saturday, but I started it um, just a little bit behind, ended up catching up when I fast forwarded through the video packages, commercial things they would do in between matches. Um, So I was, I was not too far behind when I saw Bailey, um, Dakota and EO Sky, okay, we got to change names, fine, okay, that's not changing apparently. Um, but I like EO Sky better than just calling her EO, or, you know, she still has two names, so that's a good thing, um, make their debut, and I, and I I put in our friend group uh, that, we, that we have on Facebook, I, I said, okay, Hunter, I see you remaking the Raw Women's Division, all right, I see you, uh, I, I was excited to see that. Um, now, unfortunately, you know, we had five women standing in the ring at that point. And then, you know, I think you can easily add Rhea into that and Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Um, unfortunately, Becky Lynch now out for some time with a, a separated shoulder. So we do lose her out of that that mix for now. Um, although I thought her promo on Raw was phenomenal. Um, man, I, all of a sudden I'm excited about the Raw women's division in a way that I haven't been for a long, long time because it seemed forgotten. I, I like whatever they're gonna call this group. They're using the word control an awful lot. So I feel like that's gonna fall in there somewhere. Um creative control 2.0, just kidding. <laughs> creative control 2.0, there you go. Um I yeah, I'm I'm here. I'm here for that. So that that started the show off for me strong. And then I thought, I don't know if there was anything on SummerSlam that I would say I hated. Um I thought it was a pretty strong show all along. The one thing I hated is that I hate that I like Logan Paul. (laughs) I don't want to. And yet the the guy impresses me.
0: Well, and the crazy thing is, you know, uh, and and maybe this is, uh, and again, I like the character of Happy Corbin in the ring. I think there's, I don't think there's room to grow because he is who he is. When Logan Paul, it has surpassed Pat McAfee, which again, it's small sample size. Um, that's that's pretty impressive. Logan Paul is two matches in, and I think his stock is already higher than Pat McAfee's. Now, again, I, when you look at Pat McAfee's trajectory, four the four matches he's had, one stinker out of four ain't bad.
1: So, and, and I think, well, the Miz and Happy Corbin are probably. Comparable in-ring workers, I might put Miz a little head ahead of Happy Corbin, but neither of them are Adam Cole in the ring. Who Pat McAfee got to work with, you know, early on. Um, neither of them are are Rey Mysterio. Uh, they're both better than Dom, Dominic Mysterio, but a broomstick in a closet is better than Dominic Mysterio. So that's a different problem.
0: Wow! Shots fired.
1: I am. Uh, he tries, but <laughs> man, he needs. I just don't see any growth there. Well
0: that um, so I'm just gonna jump in and go, what a what an opportunity, right? Like where like that Dominic should have been sent to NXT two point NXT and then and or stayed in NXT two one oh and what an opportunity there that could have been.
1: And right. have him have his first match at SummerSlam a couple years ago when you did. That's fine. But then do something where he goes down and trains and learns and you know, and you, know, you could even tell yeah. the story of Ray says you're you you did good kid but you know you got to go pay your dues and and learn learn the stuff and whatever in NXT um and then Dominic comes back as a heel and attacks his dad and on the main roster and you know we've been expecting that turn longer than I was expecting the RK bro turn that you know never has happened um but um I thought SummerSlam was good I I don't grasp why you couldn't have still done Riddle Rollins because Riddle was not actually hurt um that was storyline it was just decided to move the match further off i'm assuming to clash at the castle i mean don't get me wrong i know WWE does way too many rematches but that story was still young enough you could have done a match at SummerSlam and still had a return match at at clash at the castle so it was a little bit a little bit of a bummer to not get that match but yet the show delivered in a way that it wasn't like oh, it could have been a good show if they would have added that match in there um whether it's because they didn't wrestle or not, I'm looking forward to that match when it happens. But I was looking forward to it at SummerSlam. Um Those are two super talented guys in the ring. So I think they'll be able to put together really well. Um, what do you think Brock Lesnar? Where does Brock go from here, Tom?
0: You know, I don't know. So, again, pulling the curtain back, which we sometimes do, sometimes don't do on this show. Um you know, the reports were after Vince retired, Brock stormed out of or left SmackDown. I don't know if Storm might be an exaggeration, but it wasn't what didn't seem the reports were that he was not happy with that decision. He was eventually, you know, able to come back and did appear at SmackDown on that Friday that preceded um, everything. And then I read or I saw a snippet online that when he came back through the curtain on Saturday, there was kind of like an emotional like embrace if this is it for him that would make a lot of sense and it would it would I, I don't know where you where you go with brock lesnar with the current talent in 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 things you know if 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 you were to look to bring Braun breaker up in a year six months and that match happens and you use brock to elevate Braun breaker that's like the first thing that comes to mind for me without giving it a of thought. Um I mean, gosh, if that is his swan song, what a great spectacle spectacle to go out on. And he does, he doesn't lose any of his aura in, in the
1: way he lost. <laughs> right. No, hundred percent. And I agree with you right now at the top of the card, like if you're not going to bring him back for Roman and you shouldn't, because that's been done to death. And they said, this was the last time I will believe that when uh, both Brock and Roman have been retired for 10 years and they don't wrestle again. Um, um, But that again, new regime. So maybe they actually will live up to that. You know, I, I, under Vince, I would have said uh, at some point they will go back to this Uh, might be five years, but they will come back to this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they won't now. Maybe, maybe they have, I think they've told all they can tell about that story. I agree with you even though roman you know took the usos and burying him under stuff and all of that kind of stuff there's no, nothing more to tell in that story and we've, we you and i have said numerous times brock didn't need to be the one to take the belt off roman anyways um i don't i still don't know who that is other than cody i think cody makes a lot of sense um when he comes back so other than that i don't think they've built anybody yet but again new regime willing to see who they're going to build because clearly on monday uh, there were some people who hadn't been used well in the past that Triple H was like, I'm gonna give you an opportunity. Let's see what you can do with it, um, and, and and we'll go from there. So and let's real briefly, and then we can jump to AEW. So we've got some time there. Um, I mean, Ciampa certainly got elevated on Monday um, and and placed into a position. I loved that they made the U.S. title seem important on Monday. They had a really cool video package on the U.S. title. I thought that was really, really well done. And then you had two triple threat matches. Those winners had to meet. And then the winner, you know, which ends up being Chompa, goes on now to face Bobby Lashley. I think this week I'm wrong. It is, yep. Okay. So you got to win two matches. You have, you know, former world champions and AJ Styles and The Miz that are in that mix. So, hey, if they want the U.S. title, that should matter. Um, You have some kind of underutilized talents. Um, in Champa, in Chad Gable, in Mustafa Ali, who I thought looked really, really good in his match. Uh, the finish of that triple threat, Mustafa hitting the 450 and rolling right into the Styles class was one of the cooler things I've seen in a long time. Uh, it felt right off a Ring of Honor show from like early 2000s, so, uh, or mid 2000s, so I, I kind of loved it. Um, and I don't think it makes Mustafa Ali... Like, you could almost hear some people going, oh, look, they were going to give him a shot, and now they buried him. They beat him. I don't think losing like that hurt Mustafa Ali at all because he hit the move but then just got caught by the veteran in a crazy way that, you know, doesn't hurt him at all. So I, I thought Ali came out of that looking better than he has in a long time. I I, I don't know where I'm going to find three hours to watch Raw every week but um, or, or two, two and a half when I can pass forward through commercials. But um dang if last Monday didn't at least make me think, um i to have to try to figure out how to get that in now.
0: Well, and that's the thing. Good good presentation and good content renew that spark. So two more two things I wanted to just connect on with you quickly. Um yep. So the one the one difference that caused us to have different scores at our pickups was the undisputed tag title match. I had the profits because I thought this is the chance they finally have to win. They don't. And then you see Montez and Rollins on Monday. Um, are, are, are we seeing Montez Ford get elevated in the singles, do you think?
1: I, I think we are. And I think we've been headed towards the breakup of the Street Profits, which is why I picked the U.S. I actually thought up breakup happened at SummerSlam. And and I think had the creative change not happened, I think we would. I still think we would have seen the breakup there.
0: I you think- love you love when teams break up, man. You're like all always- teams. <laughs> but I think they've been
1: they've been dropping red herrings about this one for a little while. They've they've been talking about how maybe they haven't been getting along. Angela Dawkins was on the um, was it after the bell or whatever it is the Corey Graves the podcast he he hosts. I used to listen to it. I just it's, it's fallen out of my rotation of podcasts at this point. Not because it was bad. I just there have been a lot of other things that, that have taken up that time. Um, and now fantasy football starts and fantasy focus is back every day. And uh, yeah, I don't have time anymore. Sorry, Corey. Um, but Angelo Dawkins talked about how everybody's been so high on Montez. And he's going to show that he's got something to add to. And I mean, so it seems like Angelo is going to be the one who turns and goes heel. Although Monday there was the the twinge, I think, in the story they were doing rock paper scissors and they got to one two and then montez took off and ran to the ring and took the match um and they never showed angelo dawkins i don't think again um so you didn't see angelo dawkins reaction past the second it happened kind of thing you didn't see him like they didn't pan to him standing there seething on the the stage or or looking at montez i i thought they'd look to him and you know him kind of doing this like ah you got me um So, yes, I think it's clear to me, at least, that there are certain people that we know in the past from the way things have been handled that Triple H sees a lot in, um, especially when maybe they were in NXT or other places. I think Montez is one of those guys. Um, I think Chomp is definitely one of those guys. I think there's a free agent out there named Johnny Gargano who's one of those guys. And I will be stunned if we don't see Johnny Gargano on the main roster in the next month or two. I'll just say Raws in Cleveland on Monday night. Who knows? Um, although, although I, I had to laugh, I heard um, Sean Rossap said he would one hundred percent confirm Johnny Gargano will trend on Twitter on Monday night because every time there's a mystery partner, a mystery opponent, or anybody AEW or WWE is anywhere near Cleveland, Johnny Gargano tweets or trends on Twitter because everybody thinks Johnny Gargano is coming in. Uh, I in Cleveland. I'm just saying, and Ciampa is in a, well, could be main event match. I I, I kind of think that U.S. title match may very well be the main event on Raw on Monday night. Um, could be, the way they presented things anyways. You know, does Gargano help Ciampa? Do they reform DIY? Does Gargano come in and do the feud and, and attack Ciampa? Does Gargano not even show up? I don't, a lot of things. But I think Montez is one of those guys. Sorry, diatribe on Johnny Gargano there for a minute. Um, so, yeah, I do think this is the start of getting to that story of Mondes, and he looked good in there with Seth Rollins. So
0: Yeah, and he's had that potential for so long, So and that talent for so long. It's not like the talent's been non-existent. It's been there. It's just been redirected, if you will. The other thing I wanted to ask you about was, of course, so at SummerSlam we saw the return of Edge as well. Um, had you been caught up on and, and been seeing the vign- the vignettes that they've been like teasing him out, like so, yeah. and and I want to know your thoughts on those because it seemed really weird. Like I, I kind of felt a few weeks ago that it was Edge, but like for him to come back and save, yeah, I, he clearly has an issue with Judgment Day, and he should because they they beat him down and kicked him out. But like the vignettes were like all of the people that the Edge had like kind of not all the people, but a number of people that he interfered with over the years. McFoley was in there. Ray Mysterio was in there. There were uh, notes to Randy Orton Orton and, yeah, a few other things. So just, A, your thoughts on the vignettes, if you have them. Um, And if you thought that they served a good purpose for what we saw in in Edge's return. And then, uh, like, does Edge's return do anything for you?
1: Last question. Not really. Um, Edge's return doesn't do a whole lot for me, at least at this point. They could tell a story that makes me care a little bit more. Um, I don't get me wrong. Edge versus Finn Balor could be pretty good Um, in the ring. Edge is, you know, again, as long as they don't have to go forty-five minutes every single time. Um, I should have seen that result coming. I should have picked the Mysterios. And had we been able to have more dialogue when we talked, uh, when we made those picks, we both picked the Mysterios. or no, we both picked Judgment Day, excuse Day. me. Yeah. Judgment Day. Um my thought process was I, I was pretty sure it was Edge. I was pretty sure he was coming back that night. The the original reports were he was supposed to be at Madison Square Garden, but they changed his travel. So clearly they decided to push it back um to actually at SummerSlam. My initial thought was Judgment Day takes advantage of the no DQ, wins the match, they're beating down the Mysterios after the match, and then Edge comes in and makes the save the other option was, it's an ODQ match so that Edge can come in and cost them cost Judgment Day the win, and the Mysterious win. So I had the thought this could happen. I just went the other way. So little, little miffed at myself that I could have had another one right there. You know, I, I had the thought I was thinking the right way, but I talked myself out of it went the other direction. Um, And who knows, again, if somebody else was in charge of the, of the finishes at SummerSlam, maybe it would have gone the way I thought originally and, and you thought. Um, so there's there's always that. Um, the vignettes, I thought were, were fine. And obviously we're going to a little more broodish um, character here with Edge, uh, which probably works better than the omnipotent, you know, Mountain of Knowledge or Mountain of Omnipotence or whatever stupid thing he was doing with Judgment Day. Those promos were just terrible. Um, I'll admit Edge hasn't done anything for me in a while in the ring. Like, he's fine. I just don't get emotionally invested in his stuff for whatever reason. Um, And I used to be a big Edge fan. Back back when he first came in, I really liked. I thought Edge was, you know, I saw him as a future world champion, and he, he became that. Um, and for a while, he was one of the best characters and in-ring competitors they had in WWE, without question. Um, maybe they can make me care about this. I think part of it is they haven't made me care about Judgment Day enough. And again, I'll give Triple H some time to see if he can make me care. Um, WB has now put me in a spot where I'm like, everything I want to complain about, I feel like I need a caveat of, well, I'll give it a few weeks and see what Triple H does with it. Because we are in a new regime now. But up to this point, they hadn't made me care enough. They could have made me care about Judgment Day. I think you should have pushed Judgment Day to the moon when you had them kick Edge out and make Finn Balor the leader, I think that should have been a top act. You should have immediately elevated the three of those people and you didn't do it.
0: That's the one issue with them having unified tag titles, right? Because, you know, they could have... Right. They, they, as Raw Tag Team Champions, could have gotten some steam. Yep. Again, not that not that titles make wrestlers, but they can add to them.
1: They can add. Oh, big time. So... So, um, and yeah, him helping Mysterio is a little bit strange. Although they once were tag team for you know they were tag champs together uh, you know, twenty years ago or whatever in the world it was. Um and, and
0: that's probably not a bad guess.
1: <laughs> right, no, it's probably right in the ballpark. Um I think I think not to go back on it. I think uh I think my main uh about this whole thing is like uh we still have the same Dominic Mysterio and that's what we're just doing right now with him. Um I, I just, yeah, every time I hear the Mysterios are going to take on, like, Monday night, I have not seen that tag title match. I, I still need to finish Dynamite, still need to watch NXT is Live tonight, which has a crazy world title eliminator match. But I'm so sorry you're not able to go see live, Tom, when it's, like, seven minutes from your house. Um.
0: I'm going to be peering out the high, like, as we go up past the highway. Actually, I can't anymore. They built up down that downtown area. You used to be able to go... Uh, there's a curve of the highway through the downtown area and you could actually see into the back of the arena, like like the setup and where all the tra- trailers and trucks would be. That's all been built up. So I can't anymore. But I, in my mind this morning, I said, I'm going to wave at the, at the dynamite TV truck as we, as we drive through downtown on the way up north.
1: Yeah. I'm sure you'll have a great time with family, but I know, I know that twinge at least of just like, Oh, they're in Grand Rapids on the day. I can't even go. Um, well,
0: and, and I'm and I'm more excited about the card for Battle at the Belts than uh, yeah. Rampage. Nothing yeah. against Rampage,
1: but yeah, they they actually made Battle at the Battle of the Belts. I I think this is the best card of the three they put together. Um, and and frankly, okay, Jay Lethal, Wardlow, whatever. I, I, well, let's are we done with WDB?
0: I think, yeah, and my last thing was just, I wanted to get your opinion on Edge and, and yeah, just pick yeah. your brain on that, so. Well,
1: let's transition to AEW because um, I want to give us you know a little bit of time here. We're up against a uh, a hard stop time this morning. So um, yeah, Battle of the Belts, we'll just kind of jump there real quick. I mean, Claudio Takeshita, holy crap. Like, I I am so high on Konosuke Takeshita. I think I'm saying his name right. Um, everything I've seen of that guy so far, I've really liked, um, you're doing a fantasy booking thing with free agents, um, from our fantasy wrestling league, which I'm super enjoying by the way. So please keep doing that. I know I haven't commented in the thread, but seriously, every time I see new, that there's a new post, I'm like, oh, cool. And I you know, click on it, read what you're doing. Um, and it's funny because I look at it and I'm, uh, Hey, I'm amazed at the talent that we don't have on our teams in our fantasy wrestling league, cause you've been able to really, um, fill out a really nice roster. Um. But you're doing some cool things with Takesta in that um, that I wish AEW would do. Takeshita, you know, he wins on Dark. I i have to look if he's won. I think he's maybe won one or two on Dynamite. And again, I think they were against, like, lower level. Nobody's right when he came in, maybe. But any big big matches, they haven't given him any wins yet. And I wish they would. And obviously, I i don't see him winning the Ring of Honor title.
0: Well, um, and his story is that he wants to get a big win in America because... Like that's that's like his motivating factor, which is awesome. Like it makes you go, okay, yikes, he's going to give his all when he faces Claudio. I also agree. I don't see him unseating Claudio. I don't. Did you see that he's already planning to go back to Japan like later this month?
1: I, I saw a brief. I didn't read the report, but I saw like on Facebook as I was scrolling, there was a, a link. You know, PW ponderings or somebody had a story out.
0: Yeah. So that 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 right there makes me like disappointed because, and again, maybe it's just maybe it's just two weeks you know, but if it's, if it's for the rest of the year, and this is what we get of him, I hope, I hope they pay off that story. And even if he doesn't, not even if, when he doesn't win the ring of honor world title on Saturday, um, I hope that he gets the opportunity to get a big win, whatever that looks like, however that comes, um, that would be, because, because then if you eventually bring him back, you know, there's, there's some, there's some oomph behind it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And now with the, you know, hopefully the ability for people to go back and forth from japan a little more easily than they had been able to over the last few years maybe he can come back and forth you know he's been doing just america here for a while maybe he can kind of do both a little bit i realize that's a lot of travel back and forth there are certainly guys who are doing it uh, fairly regularly but uh yeah that's... That match is going to be good. Lethal Wardlow will be – again, we've talked about this a million times. Jay Lethal is one of those guys who, when they announce the match, I never get excited. And then when the match happens, I'm like, you know, that's pretty good. Um, and I think Lethal is a good name to put in front of Wardlow. I Wardlow's winning that match. Um,
0: yeah, since we last recorded, Wardlow has actually won. I mean, it seems, doesn't feel like it, that he's just won the title, but he literally just won the title less than a month ago. So yep. that's happened since we last recorded um, I, I, but I like talking about Wardlow for a minute just because I feel like his, I don't know, the way the promotion of him when he was in the MJF issue and that feud felt better than what they're doing with him now as champion. And that just seems weird. Um, but he hasn't had anything to sink his teeth into yet. And I don't, and I, and I, and I, and I don't know what that looks like too. Right. I mean, I, I guess obviously we'll see maybe if that story changes after Saturday.
1: I agree. They haven't given him anything to sink his teeth into. I did think the way he won the title was good. And I thought they've done okay with him since then. Um, you know, his little welcome to Wardlow's world, I think, is a, is a good open tag, you know, for his promos. Um, I think the, the, the worst thing that happened is he won his match with MJF, which he should have. And then you had the promo from MJF the next week. And I think that everybody was still for weeks and even a little bit now, although it seems like it's died down a little because you haven't heard anything from MJF or about MJF for quite a while. And that could be a whole nother podcast to talk about what is or isn't going on in that. Um, but Wardlow became the unimportant part of that story, the next dynamite, um, which he shouldn't have been because he got his big win. So I, In hindsight, I think that was a mistake. It was a great promo from MJF, but you haven't been able to do anything with it for whatever reason, work, shoot, I don't know. I wish Wardlow could have had that moment on Dynamite instead of MJF, just because for the long-term story, if you're telling a long-term story with MJF, you forgot to tell anything along the way now in the story since that moment. Um, I think his his name has been mentioned once or twice um, on, on Dynamite and not in a like, where is he way. But in a, you know, oh yeah, and this guy he beat MJF at some point. You know, Wardlow won, beat MJF and got his freedom, and now he's the TNT champion. Like just in a very throwaway way, his name's been mentioned. So um, yeah. But and then uh and then Thunder Rose against Jamie Hayter is the other other match. Uh Jamie got a big win on Wednesday on Dynamite, got a pin. Um, I've I've liked Jamie Hayter. I wish they would feature her a little bit more and a little more. Not as as Britt's lackey. She isn't as much the lackey as Rebel is, or Rebel or Reba. Um, but uh, I, I think Hater has potential to be more than they have presented her as. So, so I hope she has a really good showing. I, again, I don't see the title changing here either.
0: Yeah, and I tried. To, I was trying to go back and just look at kind of the last month or so of AEW and just kind of pick out some of the highlights. You know, the Wardlow thing kind of being won, and we kind of bookend that with him winning, and now this. This defense, he had a great defense as well against Orange Cassidy. Which again, yes. Orange Cassidy, gosh, that guy, um, he he got slapped. And there was something that came out this week where I, I don't know if the comments were directly attributable to him, or they were actually were a quote from him. But talking about how he has you know like breakout matches, but is easily forgotten about. And I do think that's unfortunate, but but also somewhat true. Um, just a couple of, like things to name. Last month we've had the yeah. AW tag titles change swerving our glory won them in a three way. That's a big deal. Uh the Brody King Darby Allen feud is uh in full swing and that is going to uh come to a I would imagine a head next week at Quake by the Lake uh in a coffin match. Um a
1: show by the way.
0: <laughs> the um the FTW title tra- uh, transitioned uh causing the implosion and the dis- disbanding of Team Taz by Taz. Um <laughs>
1: Yeah, that clothesline that Hobbs hit Starks with, dude. Goodness, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Bout took the man's head off, and the man who's had a neck injury said, Be careful in there, Big Willie. Um, holy smokes, did he? Yeah, that was that looked as devastating as it was supposed to look. Yeah, that one at all.
0: If if there was ever a a great and I'm gonna. I don't think this is sacrilegious to say, a perfect transition of Ricky Starks to someone else with that FTW title, regardless of Hook's relationship with Taz. That was it. Like, that was just it. Like it was just such good and pro wrestling and TV and just the whole like the whole thing.
1: That whole, whole angle thing. that you know, like Ricky doing the the open challenge, second open challenge. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and the week before. Danhausen had, um, you know, answered, and then, and then he Starks kind of squirmed out of it a little bit. Well, this week Hook answers, and and you can't squirm out of it. But then the babyface promo that Starks got, I mean, Starks elevated himself in that moment. And Starks, I'm going to use a comparison here. I shouldn't. Starks has a little bit of Rock in him. I don't think he's going to reach the level of the Rock. I'm not saying that, but just that charisma, that personality, the quick wit. The I mean he can talk he, he's one of the best talkers in AEW. There are a number of really, really good talkers in AEW, so I don't want to get, you know, I think Moxley's great on the mic. I think there's a lot of good talkers. Um, but Starks is really good, he's really good in the ring. Yeah. I gotta be honest, and I've seen um the development, the Hobbs match from Wednesday. Have you watched Dynamite? I have, yeah. Okay, and I'm about halfway or a little more through Dynamite. Um I'm I'm stoked for Starks and Hobbs at All Out because that seems like where it's probably headed. Um, you know, we, do, we don't have a lot of the All Out card fleshed out yet, although there's been a challenge for Kingston and Guevara, um, which, okay, I that, I can work with that. Um,
0: Matches a, that you never knew you really wanted to see, but then you're like, okay, that's cool. That's yeah, me
1: at least. It, it's cool. It doesn't... Sammy Guevara is a guy that I want to get behind and I want to really like be invested in. In some way, and I just I can't get there for some reason with him yet. Kingston's a guy though that I love everything he does, and he should have friggin' beaten Chris Jericho. And I'm a little ticked that they keep putting Jericho over people that need wins.
0: That's the other big thing of the last month, the barbed wire everywhere match, and how kind of crazy that was. I mean, it was it was brutal and it was it was like you know dangerous, but it also it also wasn't like as extreme. Like my mind immediately went to Born to Be Wired, Sabu and Terry Funk. And I'm sure we'll never see anything like that again. But it was ironic that I think ahead of that barbed wire everywhere match, someone posted like, I got a a 90, 90 second, like clip montage of born to be wired with Sabu and Terry Funk. And just reminding myself of how nuts that was and like what they did to themselves. Um, And then more so anything, Terry Funk, because Terry Funk was definitely in his senior years at that point. Um,
1: but, but he, he was still at least he, he,
0: yeah, it was yeah. still going hard in the in you know in '97. So um yeah, it's so the booking of Jericho is super interesting, especially because I think you can look at him and go, he's all in, in AEW 100 percent and he's valuable, but he's also got a foot in the water with Fozzie. And you know, when when does when does the touring with Fozzie like remove him from Maybe doesn't again. That's why private planes are amazing because you can jump on a jet and be anywhere within a
1: matter of hours. So he's important, but I I think Jericho's best use. I'm not saying he has to lose every time by any means because you got to keep him somewhat strong to make the wins count for something. It means something. But his best use is to help put over the talent who will be there when Jericho's not. Because there are talent in AEW who are going to be there long past Chris Jericho, just based on age and and you know length of career and all of that kind of stuff. And Kingston's no spring chicken, but I think Kingston's finally getting you know the the national exposure that he he deserves. Um, you know, Wheeler you I haven't seen that match yet. I I knew Jericho was going to win it because it, if you're going to do Wheeler universe versus John Moxley, you should have more than a one week build to it. And just because Wheeler won a match. Um, so I, I knew that result was coming. It just it was one of those things where I was like, but you don't have to book it. Like, I, I know that's the result that makes sense because Jericho Moxley makes sense, but you don't have to do it. Like, I, I, there's a different way you can do that without doing it. So I don't know. But again, I have not seen that match, so I need to uh, reserve a little bit of my annoyance. I know Jericho wins it, but a little bit of my annoyance until I see how it plays out. Um. But you know and then uh, AW's clicking i mean they're just yeah. my my
0: There's... hunch my hunch or my wondering um which you can you can argue on both sides of which is more uh, val- uh valid i think jericho is saving his his losses for guys that maybe he's hand picked and and daniel garcia comes first to mind um and, and garcia getting
1: a, it wasn't a clean win over danielson by any means but yet a win in a main event like that's pretty cool. What cool. well, well, and, 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 and,
0: and and Brian Danielson is one of those talents that I think in AEW you're gonna go a loss when he when he loses it it means a lot for him and it means a lot for his it, the win for his opponent. Um, it was interesting because when Jericho came also to the doesn't ring, hurt him. no, it doesn't hurt him at all. No, when Jericho came to the ring on. Wednesday, I want to say that I, the graphic said he has like 18 singles losses in AEW history, and I was quite surprised by that. But then I was like, wait, okay, so like you know, wins and losses are really important here, but clearly, like the value of Chris Jericho, and granted, we're talking about a Hall of Fame wrestler, right? So you know, you and you, a Jericho, a, a Danielson, a Moxley, are all on a level, you know, way beyond uh, and way that surpasses Daniel Garcia, you know uh Sammy Guevara I'm gonna I'm gonna dare say Darby Allen however Darby Allen um can lose and 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 that record can be impacted and it doesn't he's Teflon and I think I think Orange Cassidy is Teflon too I I hated that he lost to Jay Lethal on Wednesday um I get it because Jay Lethal is going to challenge Wardlow and bring Jay Lethal back up after you know his pursuit of Samoa Joe and, and the TV title in Ring of Honor um here's Jobin well, so so so, are we sure. good to put a are we good to, good to put a pin in AEW to wrap up with Ring of Honor talk? Sure. Okay. So 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 okay. So so Ring of so Ring of Honor death before dishonor happens. Big event. Um, again, I whiffed because I had Gresham retaining the title. You know, clearly Gresham not happy with how he was being used in the communication, and AEW has now since come out and said that they're having, a, I don't want to say refurbished, but rebuffed talent relations, because maybe that was an issue. The communication between talent and the, the office or creative was at least apparently some of the issue that Jonathan Gresham had. Um, again, whether that in, influenced him losing the belt or not that night, I don't think that is the case. I think Tony Khan was ready to go with Claudio. I had hoped that wouldn't be the case. You were wise. I wasn't. Um, the other loss
1: that I, I out, had We known that, though, We and we didn't know that, so that was hard, like totally valid. I think- Audio, didn't have anything to do with that going on backstage because we didn't know about that at that point had we known about that i have a feeling you would have picked Claudio.
0: yeah yeah, yeah and then the other one that i took the took the big loss on to kind of break bring, bring us some difference was uh i didn't think mercedes martinez was going to retain i thought what a great way to to give a new some new blood and new new not not that she's young but um she she's she's, she's something that you can build around serena Deeb. That didn't happen. So those are the big things. And, and then there was, you know, the, the six-man titles switched to Dalton Castle and the boys. Like you said, Samoa Joe retains, FTR retain. Um, but, yeah, we're where, both where, wrong on that one. Yeah, yep. But but apparently the Briscoes are, are going to be around more often. Honor, yep.
1: um,
0: they're definitely not announced for anything else. You're getting more traction and more movement on them in the GCW world uh and and bookings that they're having announced which is awesome that they can do that um and i'm and, and i'm grateful that that whatever the contracts that they have and this is this goes for a lot of guys briscoe is moxley and again not in the same league but um that they can they can go and 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 wrestle other places and I like swerve i think swerve wrestles a lot for defy so like okay. same, same idea there thank you, thank you. So but yeah, but no, but, ju- but just that like you know this big huge event that was Death Before Dishonor and we're a couple weeks removed from that now as of tomorrow and nothing on Samoa Joe last week there was a lot of buzz out on the highlights around FTR but nothing from them nothing on the six man titles the trust busters are just getting going and they kind of had their dark and dark elevation spotlights starting this week, so that'll be something to to be interested in. Wheeler Yuta defends yeah. and retains the Pure Title. But Garcia has an issue with it, but that's that's hasn't fleshed out because Garcia, like you mentioned, gets that win against Danielson. But that's that's in the AEW universe, and then and then Yuta, as you mentioned, loses to Jericho, but Pure Title not on the line. So yeah, Ring of Honor just seems to be this weird, nebulous yet also like firm thing like firm and nebulous don't work together but that's
1: but yeah that's what it (laughs) is and and it's not working together in my mind like that's why i hope ring of honor can get some sort of a a streaming deal a youtube deal uh and i know there's maybe not a a ton of money in the youtube shows i don't know how that all works um, something but
0: they're incentivized if there's views though right aren't, aren't don't doesn't the the yeah. owner of of what what's putting it out there get x number of dollars if there's x number of views i, I don't know i don't know enough about youtube but like i know yeah you've got to
1: have a problem. certain number of followers to monetize which i'm quite sure aw and ring of honor both have um or could very easily build up if they just said you know make sure you like our page or you know subscribe, mm-hmm. subscribe to our youtube channel uh um, which by the way if you mm-hmm. haven't liked and subscribed to the two spot monkeys youtube channel please mm-hmm. do so um Not that we're anywhere close to the number we would need to monetize our streams. I mean, it's like, I think it's ten thousand or something like that. We've got, you know, twenty. But um, tell your friends.
0: Tell your friends. Tell their friends, and so on and so forth.
1: Right. I mean, hey, if Tom and I can start making a penny on each one of these, cool. Um, but, but yeah. So I think there is some ways there. Something. I just, I even if they tape, you know, they go the old Ring of Honor round and they tape four or six weeks of shows together and then air them like. I get it from a cost standpoint, but
0: well and they're taping one. Of, yeah they're taping one of the things i think it's i don't forget it's one of the one of the one of the darks whether it's dark in its own right or dark elevation at universal yeah, and they're they're getting like you know a couple of months in the can do the same thing with ring of honor like literally go ahead and just do the same thing with ring of honor and and put it on youtube until you can secure you know, that it's on Discovery Plus or HBO Max or whatever it ends up being. Like, I don't know. Like we're to that point now with Supercard of Honor and now Death Before Dishonor and with the talent that you have. And then you can use Dynamite and Rampage to promote it, but make drive people to YouTube for that. And here's the thing. I think that they can easily do that. And then if you're thinking, okay, Ring of Honor may next be on pay-per-view in October. Um, Glory by Honor wouldn't make a lot of sense if that's something that they wanted to pursue. You can then build to that by using the vehicle of the YouTube channel, because clearly they're doing dark and dark elevation. And, and whether whether they're getting the viewership they want to or not, people are watching, and they continue to do it. So why not? Why not? Why not
1: replicate that,
0: but giving Ring of Honor a little bit more teeth?
1: And maybe just stop doing dark and do Dark dark Elevation, and you know, if you want to add another YouTube show with Ring of Honor, fine, or change one of those YouTube shows to a Ring of Honor show. Um, maybe And maybe it's Dark Elevation, so maybe you're taping Ring of Honor in front of Dynamite. You know, you do an hour of Ring of Honor instead of an hour of Dark Elevation. And so, you, you know, you then get the big crowd feel for Ring of Honor, which might be good. Um, I don't know, yeah. There's, it seems like there are options already available to them. I know Tony Khan's working on options, and I understand that. But it feels like there are interim operation, uh options, operations, options that would be feasible that I, he doesn't want to do for whatever reason. I get it. Fine. Wonderful. Um, you know, you're running the company, and you've got the, the billions or millions or whatever of dollars that I don't have. But uh, just I, I want Ring of Honor. I want Ring of Honor back, and I also want it to make sense. And right now, I feel like it's a little bit like, here's a show, and they sell a bunch of them. But are you, you're not, you're not telling cohesive stories. You know, FDR Briscoes, you threw it out there as because it was the match of the year. You threw it out there a second time. It was great. Don't get me wrong. But it wasn't like you told a story from, between Supercard of Honor and Death Before Dishonor, Honor as, you know, All of a sudden, it was just FTR made a challenge two or three weeks before the show. Frisco's answered. We get our rematch. Great. But you could have been telling a story along the way, too.
0: And I don't want to say that they're not maximizing the momentum of Ring of Honor, but the reports being out there that this was, if not the highest, like one of the highest like purchased Ring of Honor shows in the history, which talks about the great crossover of fandom that you're bringing from your AEW synergy to ring of honor but why would you not like go we just had 35 000 people pay 30 bucks for our pay-per-view let's let's monetize that even more let's maximize hundred thousand or
1: something but
0: okay well whatever whatever yeah i don't even again but, you know you know it's here on two spot monkeys we love to do our
1: research wink but, I think one of the worst things that happened was that that happened because they didn't do any build really for, you know, o- overall, and they still got all those buys. Now, you and I could sit here and say, if you would do build, how many more buys could you get? And I think it would be substantial, but crap, they didn't do any build and they still were the highest selling Ring of Honor pay-per-view of all time. Like, so my worry is that he goes, oh, I don't actually have to do a ton of build and I can still sell a ton of pay per <laughs> Like, uh, that's not what I want. No, don't do that, Tony.
0: It's akin to a restaurant going, Yeah, we got we got great food and we know it. Um, word of mouth carries us. Right. That's, that's You're never great. That's anything new. But sometimes word of mouth is not gonna
1: you, I mean McDonald's, they sell crappy hamburgers, but everybody buys them. So why do they want to make a better hamburger? They're making millions of dollars. So and I go to McDonald's and who am I? I'm part of the problem. Uh, well, we're up against our uh, our stop time here. I know, Tom. Uh, anything else you want to just touch on? We we'll save San Diego Comic Con uh, for the next time we record. Um, I think there's definitely some fun things to talk about there. Um, I will just say two words: Coliseum Collection. Oh. Anyways, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, anything else you want to touch on, Tom?
0: No, no, I'm good. This was great to reconnect. I'm excited about us um being back. I know next week our traditional day for recording isn't gonna happen. We haven't not necessarily talked about maybe looking to a different day earlier um or or just coming back in two weeks. We'll see. Um, but we're we're gonna be back. we might gonna be, be a short-lived
1: break. return, but it won't be as long of a break if it is. We're
0: gonna we're we're gonna be back and we're gonna be more consistent um from here through probably the rest of the calendar year in 2022. And again, lots of good stuff on the horizon. So um thank you uh don't don't unsubscribe to your your podcast feed we're, we'll be coming back
1: right, right. We're, we're back even if we maybe we'll see about next week that's a little questionable but there's a thumbs up behind you that's good uh which also means it's probably time for you to get moving so uh we'll talk later though and uh everybody be safe we'll talk to you soon take care